in the morning. When you want the news, you need the front page every hour on the press box. Nothing's writing on this except the uh, First Amendment, the Constitution, freedom of the press, and maybe the future of the country. Not that any of that matters. And now, the news. Dave Cobble says the A's have term sheet offers out on four different plots of land in Las Vegas. So do I. <laughs> How much you offer? Uh, about 13 grand. Oh, look at you. Just the plot of land or is there a house on it? Uh, we're trying to figure out if I could get a van on there and still technically consider it a dwelling. Okay. Need a little white car on there. Yeah, we're Don't working you have to be on able that to hook up to utilities. Isn't that the key part? Key you know, we'll, we'll get to that. Okay, just checking. Just they, I mean, does, is the Coliseum hooked up to utilities? But Jared's point's a good one. Dave Cobble's saying they have an offer sheet on these four different plots of land in Vegas. They could literally be offering like seven dollars. Yes. Like, I, why do I think this is once again? I've had Dave a banker Cobble, laugh and hang up on me. I mean, Dave Cobble doing everything he can to threaten Oakland. What this, this is, is what you do, right? This is Dave Cobble. Basically being do. asked about Vegas and being like, well, still a possibility. Yes. Like he's not going to yes. throw Vegas away until Oakland is done. And Oakland's not going to be done for a while. And here's the thing, Dave. We, If you're really serious, we want to know the public-private. Right. That's all, that's all I want to know. That's all I want to know. The one thing he won't tell anyone in the media who's who are doing all this is what's the public-private. Now he's saying that's going to happen when... They basically, the two-step process when they basically have the land. Right, which is the funniest part. So he talked to Mick Akers, and when asked about the private-public partnership in Vegas, because that's the key here, in that's Oakland. The, that's the, what we want to know. They're getting public money in Oakland yes. to build this ballpark slash uh, area that they're going to have $12 billion worth of stuff at. When asked about it in Vegas, he said, I think it's really important to have a site under control and then take that next step to meet with key officials and discuss the possibility of a public-private partnership. The possibility. Like you're coming if there's no public money. Right. Yeah, okay. Thanks, Cobble. And here's Thanks the best check part. check it in. He's already met with key officials. Yes. He came here six times in the summer to meet with key. He's already talked to them. There was a story in the Nevada Independent where he was like, well, we're having a tough time, but we're talking about uh, increasing the tax on rental cars. He's already been told no here, and he's like, well, let's just wait until we get the land. Yeah, we need to get the land before we really talk about this stuff. If Here's the thing. If it falls through in Oakland and the A's buy land here and then ask for public money, if we don't laugh at them and say, where else are you going to go, dude? We're even bigger yeah. morons than I thought. If they buy land here before that and they're before already— Before they talk about the public if money. If they're done in Oakland, they buy land here, and we give them a penny. Yeah. We're idiots. Yeah. We're idiots. Like, the, he's so full of it, but he can't say Vegas is out. No, until, until he gets Oakland his, until til they get the term right. sheet signed up in Oakland. And until that happens, he's going to give. He's going to keep doing these he's things. He's going to talk out of both sides yes. of his mouth yes. to Oakland and Vegas. Because everyone's going to embrace it. Right. Because he also said, like, this same day, oh, we're thrilled about what's happening in Oakland. Yes, exactly. Daddy had a breakaway. Oh, boy. That's a Oh, We're not going to get to the front page anymore, Jared. Never fails. <laughs> the Lady Rebels received two votes in the AP poll. That would make them the 32nd ranked team in the country if they extended it out. Um, they're only 77th in net, despite being 22-4 and four overall. 
given that they got a vote, two votes in the AP poll, do you have any hope for them as an at-large team in the NCAA tournament? I mean, my gosh, if they win out and let's lose say the lose in the semifinals or the Mountain, no, the Mountain West Tournament Championship, I would think they'd have a chance. But again, 22 and overall, what's a 12 straight and they're 77th in net? Yep. You'd think they'd be a lot higher with 22 and 4 and 12 straight, but... I- I actually, but we also know the conference. I actually think uh, last week they went, they won two games. I think their net went down a spot. I think they were seventy six yeah. before that because they were um, playing San Jose States of the world. Because you're because the Mount because Mountain West women's basketball is a legitimate one bid conference, yes. right? We talk about the men's side a lot, but the men's side they get two teams in quite a bit this year. They're going to get two, probably two or three more in, and on the men's side. A lot of times the number one team in the conference will get a eight seed. We'll get a six seed, right? San Diego state would have gotten a one seed a couple of years ago on the women's side. It's a legitimate one bid league. The conference seed. tournament or conference winner gets a 13 seed, yeah. right? The lady rebels, if they go under, if they win out, they might get an 11 or a 12, right? They might get a little bit of boost. Cause they'll be at that point, like 30 and four right. or something like that. having one, like 17, 18. Right. Straight, so they then... might get an 11 seed, right. but that's, pretty much the high watermark on the women's side, which sucks for them because they could have a legitimately awesome year. Mm-hmm. And if they don't win three games in three days in the Mountain West tournament, they might not get in. They're going to the NIT. Yeah. Or, and WNIT. Yeah. Which yep. is, I mean, it's good for UNLV basketball because it hasn't been to a ton of post seasons recently, but that would absolutely suck if they're 28 and five and they have to settle for the NIT. Kalong told me a couple days ago, I, you got to get rid of this echo. <laughs> can't talk. I'm drunk. Whatever. <laughs> Are we going to keep that one in when baseball starts up and he's not pitching for the Dodgers anymore? I mean, anytime someone goes on the air and goes, I, I, I don't know. I'm drunk. <laughs> think on, a on a live sports broadcast. Yes. Yeah, that's going to stay in there. And then his arm dies the next round. That's always fun, too. Uh, the Raiders hired Sean Hirock as a front office advisor. The fun part about this is that his dad is the one that led the Raiders coaching search. Uh, now, Sean Hirock was with the Raiders front office from 2012 to 2018. He was actually the interim GM between Reggie McKenzie and Mike Mayock. He is not some completely unqualified candidate here, but, and he was a scout with the Browns the last three years. Did Dave Ziegler hire him or did Mark Davis hire him as a thank you to his dad for leading the search? Mark Davis really likes his dad. He really likes his dad. (laughs) He mentioned his dad several times during the Ziegler McDaniels press conference afterwards when he was talking to us about what what went into the search and how they did the search. So it could have been Mark Davis telling Dave Ziegler, hey, this guy led the search. What do you think? Uh, Look, you're right. This guy's not a nobody. I have no problem with it. It happens all the time. But it'd be one thing if it's like, hey, they hired Sean Herrick and he has absolutely no experience in football, but he has a lot of experience in football. So I don't really mind it. The only issue with it, and it's not uh, specific to the Raiders, it's the nepotism in the NFL. There was that story from the defector uh, two months ago where it was there are 63 total coaches in the NFL whose uh, father, they're related to a former NFL head coach. And there was one guy that said, basically, depending on what your last name is, you've either got it made or you're screwed. Right. Like nepotism is pretty rampant. Yes. In the NFL. And this is another example of that. Greg Williams son literally has come out and been like, yeah, there's too much nepotism in the NFL. (laughs) When me and my dad get another job, we're going to put it into this. 
That's not a joke. He DM'd the writer of that defector piece about like, you're right. This is a problem. I don't care about him. Next question. All right. I wanted to get to this just to see what you thought about it. Vanderbilt, their college baseball team, they are using watches to relay the pitch signs to the pitchers. So the catchers are no longer putting their fingers down to give signs. It is coming from the dugout. Pitchers are wearing a watch. They look at it. I don't know what it says on it. Fastball. Or one it, five. I don't know if it has numbers or if it one literally five. just says fastball. Uh, but they're literally getting them through a watch. You like that? You hate that? I like the fact the watch is as big as like the first cell phone. Yes, in it is massive. This yes, is a massive right. watch. <laughs> I mean, do they understand Apple? I mean, do they understand like the Apple Watch, which is very, very small and thin? Or can these these guys have a hard time seeing things? Um, I don't. I think it's kind of cool, but then again, I'm one of those guys who want uh, robot up. So I like any technology. I I think it's funny. I think the main issue with it is we probably don't see it at the major league level for a long time because the major league level, the, the catchers call the games, right? Yes. At the college level. The I think there are some catchers that probably call the mm. games, but for the most part, it's, coach, it's, a manager it's coming it's from the coach. dugout. Yeah. Now, in college, it goes dugout, catcher, pitcher, right? right. That's how right. They're, they're cutting out the middleman right. in this. But again, the issue is if you're a catcher or a pitcher in college baseball, you're cutting, you're, you're doing something that's not going to happen at the next level, right? What's, if you get drafted, out, you're, you're not getting signs on your watch in the minors or the majors shortly after this. I mean, it's great because with even with technology, you know there's going to be like a hiccup here and this is going to be messed up. He's going to look at his watch and it's going to say like <laughs> dinner at six or something like that. And, you know, they, they texted the wrong person. Yes. Yeah, um, what? Yeah. Like what? They text the wrong person. He doesn't know what to throw. And he looks at the catcher. Catcher goes, I don't know. I, I don't have the watch. I wonder if the catcher has the watch. So... If you get to watch Vanderbilt baseball, uh, watch out for their and they're good. Watch. Yes, they're they're like great. Yes, and they always have good pitchers yes. too. Like the yes, they're a phenomenal baseball program that always has good pitchers. So, uh, yeah, fun. Watch them wearing giant watches. I wonder if any of the pitchers complain, being like, guys, this thing is massive. I mean, it's heavy on the the poor kid's wrist. That's a huge, huge watch. the The face of the watch is enormous. <laughs> you you literally like train your swing to be able to. Have this yeah. watch in there, and then you get drafted, and they're like, "There's something weird with his." He like has a weird hiccup. What's wrong with his like, wrist? There's a few teams, and UNLV's one of them. They have uh, a lot of them wear the wristbands, but now it's like a little. It goes around your waist, like a little fanny pack thing that has like signs on it. And I think it's I don't for. Like that. I think it's for both fielding and potentially for hitting. What your third base coach is telling you. But yeah, it's like you know how major leaguers pull out yeah. a little card to right, know where to right, shift to. Right. This is it's much bigger than a little card, but it's like on their waist. This doesn't kind of impede you running. Uh, you don't run enough in baseball, I guess. Man, yeah, but it's, like a, that. it's a little. It's not. It's not a fanny pack, but that's the general idea. And they look on it for waist. where to go, where to shift, yeah. and what the signs are. Yeah. So there's a not as not as technologically advanced as the watch that Vanderbilt has for its players. Wow. Sorry. Um. I got you. Uh, I miss him. Thank you. Do we Sorry. need to retire Sorry. this one? No, I miss him. It's very good. <laughs> it's very good. I got you. Yeah. It's excellent sound. Justin Emerson uh, getting lost in his own train of thought. All right. The Steelers hired Brian Flores as a defensive assistant and linebacker coach. So here's my question for you. Did the Steelers help or hurt the NFL by hiring the guy suing the NFL? 
Might have hurt the NFL by doing it. You think so? I think they might have hurt the NFL by doing it by actually hiring him. I'm not. I'm. Someone was going to hire him, right? No, I. I mean, I mean someone when, was going to get when him a Brian job? Flores came out suing the league. He said, "I know this might end my career." Right. So, I don't think there was an assumption that he was going to get hired by anybody. I assumed he wasn't getting hired by anybody. He interviewed with New Orleans, and then he sued him, and then that was off. <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> yes. Like he interviewed on a Wednesday and Thursday, he sued him, and yes. Friday, it's like we're no longer considering <laughs> Brian Flores. <laughs> I so here's the here's where it could help the NFL, right? Brian Flores's argument is that there's racism and the reason he's not the coach is because of racism, right? The Steelers hiring him, well granted, it's not a head coaching position, but hiring him is a way to say, well, you got a job. I we're mean, not we're not racist. Right. But again, it's not as a head coach. He's as a position coach, a linebacker right. coach in the NFL also not a good look that the guy who hired him is Mike Tomlin. And it's like, well, that's the only place he could get a job now. But compare it to Colin Kaepernick, who basically said very similar argument, right? right? Why he's out of the league. If any team had just brought him on as a backup quarterback, right? Not as a starter, but if any team had just brought him on as a backup quarterback. And right there was at the time Kaepernick maybe wasn't going to come on as a backup because he thought he was a starter, whatever. But if any team had been like, yeah, come on, come compete for our starting job or you're the backup to whoever that changes the entire conversation about what Colin, what Colin Kaepernick can say about the NFL can do the same thing here where he got a job. It's not the same I, one. It's not as high profile, but you can very much argue well, he got a job. I did the, one of the things that I kind of wish would have happened. And this is just me being sort of a morbid cynic is that they had done that where they, the, the Broncos were like, come on, Colin, you're going to be our backup. Nope, we're rolling with Trevor. Trevor Simeon. <laughs> no, he won the job in camp. I know he just threw three interceptions. But, uh, you know, he's our guy. All right, coming up next, UNLV got another big upset win over Colorado State, and they got an important one tonight in Reno. A three is blocked by Mawoka and taken out of the air. Hamilton underneath to David. David out to Iwako. Pump fake, he got fouled, and a basket. Vic Iwako with a huge play there. Hands the ball to Keyshawn. Now out to Hamilton. Back to McCabe on the left side. Went a long way for the basket. Jordan drives. Stops. Picks the ball out to Hamilton. Hamilton in the lane. His floater rolls out. But David Mawoka there for the offensive slam dunk. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios, this is the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff. UNLV plays Nevada tonight. Game starts at 8 o'clock. I'll be out at PT's Pub on Tropicana in Maryland right by UNLV. Come out and watch the game with us. we got beer specials. You can also get uh, signed up to win beer for a year from Miller Lite. We'll also have a lot of tickets and other prizes to give away. So come out to PT's Pub 8 o'clock tonight on Tropicana in Maryland to watch UNLV and Nevada play. All right. Let's go back in time a little bit. They beat Colorado State for a second time. Another blowout win. This one, 72 to 51. They beat Colorado State by 21 points. Colorado State fell 18 spots in Ken Palm after that game because of how badly UNLV beat them. That's how they did it. Um, Do you have an answer for me? Do you have any idea how they have blown out Colorado State twice? Yeah, I think they controlled David Roddy. I think they've done a good job on David Roddy, who against most other people in the league, 
I don't know if I want to say dominates, but he's a first-team all-conference player. If you just saw David Roddy in those two games, I don't know if you'd make honorable mention. He sucks if you just saw him in those just two, games. two games. He's terrible. He's, he's awful. He's, <laughs> he can't do anything against them. Uh, if they don't have Isaiah Stevens both those games, then the, the uh, margin's even worse. So I don't know what it is. I mean, is their length bothering Other people have length. I saw him against San Diego State. San Diego State has length and athleticism. He was fine against them. And they're a much better defensive team than UNLV, so I don't know what it is with this guy against UNLV. UNLV has done a good job in both matchups in terms of just staying in front of everybody on off the dribble, right? A lot of times in the past, UNLV defensively, one of their biggest issues is guys just simply get beat off the dribble. And it, you either give up a layup right. or you have to help, and now right. you're giving up you're open giving shots. giving up dunks and open shots. So one of the biggest keys to the two games against Colorado State is simply staying in front of people. That's what they've done. And in that game against Colorado State, they didn't get beat off the dribble. Like, they did not. It took Colorado State 10 minutes to get a layup in that game. Colorado State did not attempt a layup in the first 10 minutes of a basketball game. And Colorado State is, they were they were one of the best offensive teams in the country. I mean, they were 15th yeah, in offensive efficiency. Definitely the best offensive team in the league. Entering that game. And UNLV did not get beat off the dribble by them. And that includes... David Roddy, right? David Roddy's not necessarily beating everybody no, off the no. dribble, but the whole point of David Roddy is he's big. If you put a guard on him, he can beat them up in the post. If you put a big on him, he can beat he them can off beat, the dribble. He can beat them off the dribble. He couldn't beat David Milwaukee off the dribble. That's the other fascinating part here. David Milwaukee, first whatever, 15, 18 games of the season, I would have told you he can't be on the floor. You have got to find a way for David Milwaukee not. I did tell you on the show. You got to find a way for David Milwaukee to not be on the floor. Now he's incredibly important. At the last, like both times I played Colorado State, he's been great. He shut down David Roddy when he guarded him. Like David Milwaukee's been one of the best players for UNLV, one of the most important players for UNLV over these last few games. I don't quite get it. I don't understand where this came from, but they have just been, they were athletically superior to Colorado State on the defensive end. That's what it was. They were athletically superior. I, I don't get it. I don't. They were athletically superior to this team when, again, they got burned by Air Force in a matchup earlier this year. Utah State beat them by like 15 because they couldn't guard Justin Bean. How did that, what? But they were athletically superior to the best offense in the conference. Yeah. Like, it's been bizarre, but... Back-to-back wins over good teams in Fresno State and Colorado State. Back-to-back good defensive performances against those two teams. I I fully expect Nevada to go for 117 points tonight now, but... <laughs> Grant Sherfield scored 47 <laughs> points in the Reno uh, Wolfpack beat UNLV. Uh, I I can't tell you what happened with Dave Milwaukee either. I mean, I, I we were there. I was there Friday watching their scout. And uh, they looked really good Friday. And Kevin Kruger said the last two games, Kevin Kruger said they've really been locked in. The, you know, the two game, two days before each game on the scout, they've done a good job. But, again, if you're in this league or if you watch any games this league, which we watch all the games, and you saw Roddy against anyone else comparative to UNLV, he's a first-team all-conference player and maybe a player of the year candidate against everyone else. And these guys, he, he he's not even honorable mention. He, you don't even know he's on the floor most of the time. He was So Ken Palm has a uh, breakdown, like a player ranking system. 10th best player in the country going into that game. against David Roddy? Yep. 10th best player in the country. I don't know if he's the 10th best player on the floor. Yeah. Uh, he wasn't. <laughs> David Milwaukee was better. He wasn't the best David on the floor. <laughs> David Milwaukee was better than David Roddy in that game. Like, and also, if you would only watch Colorado State play UNLV, you would think David Roddy sucked. You would think oh, that guy absolutely. doesn't belong a, in college you, basketball. He, 
Yeah, you would think he's just another guy on right. that team. You'd have no idea that he was supposed to be so good. <laughs> that he's the best player on the team yeah. and maybe the best player in the entire conference. But UNLV's completely shut him down. Um, best moment of the season, Robert Smith getting yeah. his jersey hung from the rafters? I thought it was awesome. I thought uh, I wrote it. I've written it several, several times. I thought it was long overdue. I thought it should have happened before now. Um, but they made right, and uh, they finally re- retired Robert's jersey. The things that Tark said about him, uh, it should have been done a long time ago. I'm glad Robert, um, you know, who suffered the massive stroke, I think he's, I'm glad he was aware enough to know what was happening now, and he's re- he's definitely recovered to that sense where he understands everything around him. He's very emotional, started to tear up. Um, his family was there, and I thought it was really cool. Yeah. It was very, very cool that Robert got his jersey retired, and he, and he knew what was happening, and he looked up, and he saw that jersey, and I thought it was, really, yeah. I thought it was great. Uh, for anybody that's unaware, Robert Smith, former UNLV player, um, obviously, but was also broadcaster, did radio with right. John Sandler. He has had a lot of serious health issues, mm-hmm. and he was in the hospital for a very long time mm-hmm. out of the hospital. He was on the floor um, in a wheelchair with his family and friends out there as UNLV retired his jersey at that game on uh, Saturday against Colorado State. It was, I mean... One of the best moments as far as like fan engagement, fan appreciation of what was going on there. I mean, no doubt about it from that standpoint for UNLV. Um, I have one complaint. They gave out Robert Smith shirt, like uh, t-shirt jerseys before the game to fans. Yeah. But only to kids. Yeah, I you're right. I didn't you know until now I didn't even think of that. I didn't see any adults in those. I just, I just went through a whole range of emotions of wait, they were giving away free stuff. I wasn't there. Oh, children. Yeah. Right. yeah. And, Only to kids. That's right. I yeah. didn't even think of that. Not because I wanted to steal one for Jared, but I'm like, I feel like the people that would have wanted and appreciated the Robert Smith shirt. Yes. Would not be the 12 year olds. Right. Who you'd right. have to, you'd have to explain to who Robert Smith was. Right. It would have been the people in Tyler's mentions. Yes. It would, it's the people that weren't alive when Robert Smith was playing basketball. So I thought that was odd. Now maybe they are, I don't know, trying to get more kids to the game. I don't know. Maybe it's, they want the, Hey, they gave away free tuition. They did. They, oh, they did give away free they tuition on the, on the shirt. Packed it into a t-shirt, a little yeah. certificate launched it into the student section. Yeah. Some girl came down free tuition for a semester. If the T-shirt cannon would have sent you a T-shirt, would you have just tossed it to someone in the crowd, or would you have kept it? I would have tossed somebody in the crowd. Oh, yeah. Jared's disappointed. He wants me to steal it and keep it for him. I, I would have. I would have thrown it somebody in the crowd. I would yeah. have tossed it instead. You know, and, uh, not the guy in front of me who, when they're up thirty, was screaming at David Rodding, screaming at officials. Like <laughs> Mike Ramallah made a, made a good point though, and he's absolutely right. He goes, "They need five thousand of those guys." They do. Oh, like be great. a guy who like they're up thirty, and he's screaming like a <laughs> nut job at David Roddy when Roddy misses like a layup, and then he's screaming at officials. But Mike made a good point. I'm like, "Yeah, you're right. They do need a lot of those guys." Yeah. Be nice. Coming up next, Charles McDonald joins the show. Not shaking hands. Um, that's typical of our country right now. You know, instead of solving the problem, let's make an excuse and let's see if we can. Uh, just instead of confronting and demanding that it changes, let's eliminate it so that we don't have those problems. Let's 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 try to do that. That's that's perfect. Now that's not perfect. Me, that's not happening here. So if some team doesn't want to shake hands, you're going to see 15 of my guys walk down and shake air. I'm going to shake air, and I'm going to shake air, and then we're going to leave. You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. 
Joining us now is Charles McDonald. You can follow him on Twitter at four verts. And maybe we'll find out this week where he is writing in the future. Uh, good yeah, morning. Maybe. maybe. Okay. All right. Uh, do you have any hot takes on handshakes today? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, do you have any hot takes on Aaron Rodgers? Maybe, maybe not retiring on Instagram. Um, no, not really. I mean, okay. I, 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 that was just a really weird cryptic message. And <laughs> I, I think that anyone that is trying to figure out what is happening in Aaron Rodgers' brain is wasting their own time. He's just going to have to come out and say, uh, you know, whatever he's thinking, because his behavior has been pretty unpredictable as of late. Yeah, I thought it was weird to have to post about a girlfriend that last week we knew he broke up with. I thought that was very strange. Like, I read it and I'm like, this is not retirement. This is him with a little too much time on his hand, uh, maybe on some shows, uh, drinking his scotch and going on Instagram. I Did you think in any way it was retirement? I didn't think it was any way retirement. No, I don't I don't know. Like, it, it, could, it could be anything. It, it could be an apology to Joe Rogan. Uh, who knows? <laughs> like, it, like, like I said, like Aaron Rodgers, I, I can't guess what, what he's thinking from one second to the next. So, you know, I mean, that that um, that post could have been about, you know, his affinity for UFOs as, you know, it could, it could be anything with Aaron Rodgers. So uh, I'm not going to try to guess. Uh, and, you know, I, I think that the rest of us should just try to save the brain power and not try to guess either. Are you uh, the rare football media member that appreciates there being no football? Uh, I think I might be like, I, I just don't understand how you're, you're for, for what, like 18 Sundays in a row, you're just glued to your laptop or you're glued to some stadium watching some team that probably is not very good or didn't even get close <laughs> to making playoffs. You know, if we're just, if we're just taking the, uh, the numbers, uh, you know, a numbers aspect. Look at it, and you know, most teams, most people cover a, a lousy team. So uh, I think that people need to appreciate that that first Sunday away from football a little bit more than they do. You know, I just, I just didn't relate. You know, when it's it's one p.m. and it's Sunday, and people are like, "Oh man, I don't know what to do with my time." Whatever you want, that's the point. <laughs> you, you, you don't, you don't have to. Sit here and wish that you were watching the Jets because I know that's not true. Like you can find, you, you can find something else to do with your time. And I just think that you know I, I love most of my fellow members of the football media, but a lot, a lot of you guys just need to get a hobby or two. <laughs> I, I think we'll be some good. Well, Tyler races fake horses and chickens, so that's, that's a good right. hobby. Yes, much better. It's not, I yeah. do that instead of football during the season, yeah. anyways. That's way better. That's way better than the Jets. E- Charles, even you think fake NFT horses and chickens is better than the Jets? Uh, yeah, I'd have to agree with that. There we go. Sure. There we go. He's on board. All right. Um, what would you rather watch on an infinite infinite loop: the Pro Bowl or the NBA dunk contest from this weekend? Um, the Pro Bowl. Because at least I know in the Pro Bowl they're not trying. You know that's <laughs> part, part, part of what made the the dunk contest so bad. Like you're sitting there watching these dudes try to try to dunk, and uh, I just don't think anything's worse than watching someone try to get the dunk up and they just can't get that last little bit they need to actually get it through. Uh, so it just becomes like the super cringeworthy thing where. You know, they don't want to be out there trying to, you know, look like they don't know how to dunk a basketball. We don't want to sit here and watch this because now we're all feeling bad for this person who is just 
failing in front of millions of people on national TV. Uh, so, you know, if I had to watch one on the infinite loop, uh, I'll watch the Pro Bowl because at least I know when I go into the Pro Bowl, uh, everyone's just trying to get to the end of the game. You know, no one's trying to get hurt. No one's trying to do too much and risk, you know, injury or a new contract in the offseason. I know what I'm getting there. But with dunk contests, there's just nothing worse than watching someone fail in front of that many people when they're just trying to do this most simple thing in the game of basketball. We've talked about Rodgers a lot. Do you think Russell Wilson stays where he's at? Um, yeah, just because I'm not really sure like what what teams are really in a position to you know make that trade right now. Uh, I think if you're looking at at what makes sense, not maybe what teams are thinking. I think a team like the Giants making that trade uh, would make a lot of sense, depending on what they're willing to give up in terms of uh, some of that draft capital. But you know, I, I think. For Russ, it kind of just makes the most sense to stay in Seattle and run it back for one more year. Uh, last year was kind of weird for them because, you know, before Russell got hurt, he was actually having a pretty good season. And, and then once, you know, he returned from the, the finger injury, it never really got back on track. But uh, it's not like, you know, we're years removed from the Seahawks and Russell Wilson being relevant together. Last year, just, you know, you had a lot of things go wrong, and sometimes that happens, and that's football. But, you know, I think for really both parties involved, the best thing to do is just try to run it back one more time, load up this offseason on a few more playmakers uh, on offense. And then I think, you know, after this season is when you really decide if it's time to go in a new direction and start over for, for both parties. Do you think he's still good enough to carry what might end up being the worst roster in that division to a playoff spot? Um, if you can get the pre-injury Russell Wilson, yeah, that's probably still good enough. Uh, but, you know, you, you just don't know. Uh, you know. Especially with guys that are at this point in their career, where, you know, you're kind of hitting them mid-30s. Um, you know, you don't always know how guys are going to bounce back. But if he can, you know, get back what he had before that injury earlier in the season, then, yeah, I think he's a, he's still a quarterback that's good enough that, that's good enough to drag that roster to a, a playoff spot in that division. Does Deshaun Watson play a new new thing comes out? He can be questioned under oath in nine civil cases. So it's not getting any better for him in that sense. Do you are you going to be surprised if he plays next year? Um, I'm not really sure what to, what to think there because uh, you know we keep getting uh, these reports that you know he's interested in Team X or Team Y, but then uh, you know his lawyer comes out and says, "Well, we're not interested in any team because we need to figure out how to clear our name." So uh, it's it's a pretty messy situation over there. You know, I, I don't really think, I, I kind of think again, that we're going to be in a stalemate where uh, someone needs to, uh, you know, so someone's going to need to decide if they feel like they are ready to pull a trigger on that. And I don't really think that uh, anyone will until he gets, you know, all the civil suits uh, cleared up. And, you know, you also you need to see if any of them turn into like actual, you know, have criminal complaints too, because uh, I think a few of them have had, uh, filed criminal complaints. And if that, you know, if that tail spins, then you know it's kind of hard to predict where where he'll be playing because he might be in jail. All right, give me a background on this poll you put on Twitter. If you spill something at a restaurant or bar your friend works at, would you let them clean up after you? Uh, I was just something that came to my mind. Uh, I think I was, it was I was pretty drunk, but it was like an argument <laughs> in, a, in a group chat, and then I decided to put it up on Twitter. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Are, 
are you letting them clean up after you? No way. No okay. way. Well, I, but, but, you know, it actually gets to be a point, like, maybe, like, you're so close to someone where you just do it just to lie at them. Like, you have to have, like, years and years and years and years of trust built up before you can pull off something like that. So, okay, when when I saw this, my first thought was, I feel bad if I make somebody I don't know clean up after yes, me at a restaurant. Yes, exactly. Like, it's like I don't know them or they're just like a friend. But if it's like a best friend, I might let you clean it up. <laughs> well, he is Charles McDonald. Don't become best friends with him or else he will make you clean up after him. Uh, Charles, thank you so much. We appreciate it. All right. Thanks, thanks Charles. So there's Charles McDonald again. Follow him on Twitter. I'm excited at for this Verts. announcement. Yeah, I know. He's uh, He left uh, for the win. Uh, has not announced yet where he will be. Going next, uh, maybe we'll find out next week. It's now we're now two weeks in a row with Charles and not knowing where he is. But in the meantime, we got more NASCAR tickets to give away. Uh, Pinzo 400 is coming to Vegas Sunday, March 6th. Be out here March 4th through the 6th, three days of racing, but the tickets are for the NASCAR race on Sunday, March 6th for the Pinzoil 400. 702-364-1100 is the phone number. We'll take caller number 9 at 702-364-1100. What, Jared, you were... Oh, I was going to say, well, okay, well, we had our NASCAR expert on earlier. We multiplied his number by 2. This is the second time. Let's multiply it by 3. Oh, and yeah, nah, we'll just do nine. nine. We'll do nine. And then we'll divide it by two. 702-364-1100. Caller nine. Let's go in the NASCAR. We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Graney and Tyler Bischoff. Congratulations to Sean. He won tickets to go to the Pennzoil 400 in a couple of weekends out at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. We'll have more NASCAR tickets throughout the week. We've got more tickets coming up today. Uh, some to the Mountain West Tournament. And we'll get you qualified to win to go to the ACMs that are coming to Allegiant Stadium, as well as some free Porta subs. Uh, but we haven't gotten to this yet. I don't know if we should get to this. Is Aaron Rodgers retiring? What's he doing mm, on Instagram? I just, I he he posted an Instagram post this morning. We've said a couple of times. Half of it was to his current or former girlfriend. I think I thought in the reports last week they actually broke up the actress. Um, I don't know what you thought. He thanked, you know, he thanked all the guys in the quarterback room and he thanked all the guys on the Friday night hangout and all that. I did not in any sense walk away from that believing that he's retiring. Now, if you want to come back one and say he that was his goodbye to the Packers, that's fine, but they still own his rights. The okay, so, the other part about whether it's retirement or hey, I want to be traded out of Green Bay. Why would half of it be about Shailene Woodley? Yeah, like <laughs> and, uh, that's literally the part half that of it was about. That's the part I yeah. cannot figure out. The first person that well, the third part thinks. was read a book, <laughs> which which yeah, okay. he's he's super known for <laughs> the that the, bookshelf with three books on it. The first part of it, and the majority of it, is to his ex fiance, and I don't, I don't know. I can't figure out like why. He, he was, did this. He was drunk and in I, his feels, and he was just like, "I miss you." Oh God, I better make this look. <laughs> so let me. Okay, let me read the, the. Here's the very first sentence. Here's some Monday night gratitude for some of the incredible special people in my life with some pictures from the last beautiful year. And then he just starts with Shailene Woodley, and then the quarterback room, and then the Friday crew, which is Randall Cobb and somebody, some other Cobb and David I Bakhtiari. I assume that's the Cobb's wife. And then to my teammates, past and current, you're the icing on my beautiful cake we call our job. 
I, football. Yeah. Football. I, I don't know. It, it's like part of it's like a, hey, this is my year-end review. Wrap up on Instagram. Look at all the fun things I did. Yeah, I broke part up it, with Shaley. <laughs> uh, hey, hey, hey. He got broken up with. <laughs> and But then part of it's like, to my teammates, thank you. You're the beautiful icing on a cake. And it's, uh, I don't know. It's Aaron Rodgers. I think he just wants attention. Yeah, I do too. I completely I, think that's, he wants to put something out there and gain attention. About, oh my God, is he retiring? Is this it? I don't think it's anywhere near retirement yeah, post. That's a, I, think, I think he just wants attention. Yeah. I think, like, I don't know. If you're going to retire, you'd actually I think you'd actually retire. Say something right? about that. It wouldn't just be Monday night gratitude. <laughs> He'll go on some show today and have a scotch in his hand, uh, and uh, maybe he'll talk about it, maybe he won't. Well, you know he's going to – does he go on Pat McAfee today? Yes. You know what he's going to well, do? Well, he goes on a lot. I I, I assume – well, I assume after this Instagram post, that was McAfee's first call. <laughs> like, look, you got to come on today. You know what he's going to do? He's going to go on whatever, Pat McAfee's show, and he's going to be like, listen, I don't know why people are reading so much into this. Yeah. I didn't mean anything. I was just being thankful. Yep. He is absolutely going to yeah. turn around and be like, I don't know why you guys made a big deal out of this. I just wanted to say thank you to everyone I've ever met in my life. And instead of texting them privately, <laughs> yes, <laughs> like a normal person would, I put it on my Instagram. By the way, one of my favorite things that I discovered this morning, I just Googled Aaron Rodgers just to find anybody writing about it. So there's sports stories that are like Aaron Rodgers retiring or whatever. And then just like general, or I think it was people had a post on their website and their headline was Aaron Rodgers says he's still in love with Shailene Woodley. (laughs) (laughs) That was was the most interesting part of the post. Because he wrote, I, at the end uh, of his Shailene Woodley, thank you was I love you and am grateful for you. Right? Like he put in there, I love you. And so I love the, the, the different ways that, that that's looked at. Where sports media, we're like, did that guy retire? What did what does all that yeah. mean? And People Magazine is like, he still loves her. He <laughs> Let's get him on the cover. Shailene the Woodley. cover this week. We need more. Co- we need <laughs> that shot of them in Hawaii. The list actress. Yeah, we need a shot of them in Hawaii with his long hair. That's what we need. Which, by the way, credit to them. That's the only factual thing from this. It's true. Hey, like, he every, tagged Jordan Love. He did tag Jordan. <laughs> he, did ta- Love. he did tag Jordan Love when he was thanking everyone you know, in the quarterback room. Yeah, which there were a lot of people mentioned in that room. Nathaniel Hackett, the Bron- the Broncos' uh, new head coach, he got mentioned in there. Um, I, you guys can correct me on this. I believe Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love have both spoken about having an actual good relationship, right? And I, if I remember correctly, Aaron yes. Rodgers, has, he referenced like the way his relationship was with Brett Favre encouraged him to actually have a good relationship yes. with Jordan Love. That he's been like, I know it's his fault, right? I know right. he didn't ask to be put in this situation. I'm not going to take it out on him by being an ass to Jordan right. Love. That's why I'm going to be a jerk to the GM <laughs> yes. and make us trade for Randall Cobb. <laughs> Which, listen, that's fine. He I mean, tagged him, yeah, too. He did. I think Randall Cobb was, Cobb was part of the Friday Night Crew. No, he, Randall Cobb was, and then did we, have, has anyone clicked on who the other Cobb no, Mentioned I did this. not click on, click on the other cob because I'm pretty sure, like maybe he wasn't the best man, but I'm pretty sure Aaron Rodgers was in Randall Cobb's wedding <laughs> it's, party. It's uh, Ada Cobb who looks like Randall Cobb's wife. <laughs> okay, is yeah, what, is what I'm going with here. It's Randall Cobb's wife. <laughs> so um, that lady, that lady has to be like, 
Oh, God, Aaron's coming over. <laughs> All right, that's fine. It's just one Friday. Every Friday? Every Friday. Did he, oh. did he have anything to say about Devontae Adams? Um, Adams was in a picture. But not in. He wasn't tagged. Not in any of the comments. I don't believe. I'm. I'm. Well, you got to keep some stuff private, right? Ed. You can't just put stuff up on the. He's gram. the one he texted. Yeah, he's the one he texted. He did not. No, Devontae Adams is not mentioned. Um, other than the generic to my teammates, Devontae Adams is not mentioned. But he is in a picture. That's that's probably my favorite source of speculation. One of the Packers writers was like the final picture is Devontae Adams and Randall Cobb on the sideline with a gap in between them because apparently during the anthem, Rodgers stands between Adams and Cobb. And the picture he posted was from the game he missed in Kansas City where they stood and there was a gap between them. So it was implying that he was going to be gone. My God. (laughs) The things people have jumped through with this guy. Uh, I think you hit it on the head. I I really think not. this isn't a cry for attention. But I think he likes being out there with you. What right. are you doing? You come in, you come back, you come back. He wants to be showered with all this attention and love. And, you know, we need you, Aaron. Please don't leave us and all that. I think he really, he 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 loves that stuff. He wants it. And then so he can also then comment, oh, gosh, you're being too much. That's exactly what he wants. No, <laughs> yeah. I think that's exactly it. It's not not necessarily just the attention. It's so that he can come back and say, I don't know why you guys why care you guys about so this. serious about yeah, this. Yeah, I think that's that's the part that he wants, that he can say that to everybody.